Welcome to episode 68 of For the Love of Guns. My name is Jason and I want to talk to you today about content creation. Now, on Mischief Night, which was last night, so as you're watching this on Monday, which would be Halloween, this channel officially reached five years old. Now, it wasn't five years ago that I created the content. It was five years ago that I made that first step of being a content creator, and that was registering the channel with YouTube. Now, I don't typically celebrate this as the birthday of the channel. It's usually January 1st, which is the celebration of the first video that launched. But this is kind of an important one for me. This is when I decided to finally get off the sidelines and create a channel. And the reason why I wanted to do this was I want you to produce content as well. I want as many people as possible to create content. And to help me talk about this is Defense Dad. Now, Defense Dad and I, honestly, we never talked to each other before. I mean, we knew each other, but we never got a chance to talk to each other. So this is the first time that I got a chance to talk to him. So definitely hang on because he's a great guy. I had so much fun talking to him and I swear I'd still be talking to him now. Now, before we talk to Defense Dad, let's pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by you. You're the reason that I can continue to bring you content and I need your help. What I need you to do is go to www.trb.fyi before you go shopping online. Click on the link Partners and Discounts and then find the companies that help me bring you content. Click on the link and then go shopping. What will happen is a small percentage of your purchase will come back to the channel to help me bring you additional stuff. It helps me buy ammunition, which is expensive, reloading components, new guns, all that type of stuff is financed by you, the viewer or listener. Now it is partners and discounts and there are discount codes there. They're range from anywhere from 10% to 20%. That's right. There's a 20% or out there. So definitely go check out that page and then save some money while helping the channel grow. With the bills paid, let's talk to Defense Dad. Defense Dad, tell me about your love of guns. Yeah, I'm Defense Dad. Uh, first, my name is Shane, but I go by Defense Dad. Uh, I've got a small channel on YouTube. Uh, it's geared more towards new gun owners and kind of helping them learn from the mistakes that I made along the way since I am kind of a newer gun owner um, compared to a lot of people who do this YouTube stuff. And just, you know, I... I I show them the stuff I've purchased, show them my experiences, that sort of thing, and just give them my, my take on, on that kind of stuff. That's basically what the channel's about. See, I like your story about Defense Dad because, you know, like you said, you're a new gun owner, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like you hated guns before, you disliked them. It just wasn't your thing until recently. Right. Yeah. I mean, you kind of gave, yeah. you're what I like to call an OP gunner, right? Other people's guns. Yeah. It's so basically I, I grew up shooting. I learned, I started shooting when I was, I don't know, nine or 10. I, in fact, I still own the gun that I learned to shoot on. It was my grandpa's gun. Um, 
I always had access to guns. I could shoot them pretty much whenever I wanted to. But I grew up as a gearhead, and also I grew up building things, whether it's cars or furniture or woodworking, you name it. So my interests were there, uh, and you know I, I could get my fix of going, but not until a few years ago when there was some some like I live in a town where there's a lot of sex trafficking going on and my daughter was getting old enough and I wanted to be able to protect the family. So I I purchased my own, you know, personal gun for the first time. And, you know, I swore I wouldn't be one of those gun guys. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Three years later, I'm one of those gun guys. (laughs) So. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, like I started my channel. It still is. um, It's still content for, new newer people i won't say even newer gun owners uh, what i like to say is that my channel is the gateway drug right okay. i'm going to show you new things um when i do the gunsmithing videos i'm going to show you how to disassemble how to reassemble um if it doesn't get taken down by the uh the powers right. that be with a, a certain platform that well, you're probably the audience is probably watching this video on, <laughs> um, but um, that was my whole thing. Is is as I want to be the gateway drug. I want you to, to to see this stuff and they go, I want more or I want to do more. And you know, people start seeing you know the high speed, low drag videos of you know people tacked up and and that's just not me. And I think there's yeah. a whole need for people with channels like us, right? I mean, there are new gun owners out there. We want to get more new gun owners into, you know, into our industry, into our shooting sports. Sure. And that's why I love channels like ours because we're, we're kind of that, you know, that welcoming we're here, here's the sport. Come, come join us. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm never, I mean, look at me, I'm not going to be one of those tactical guys that just runs around with the full kit. Like they only make kits my size. So, but I just try to be be myself, be genuine, portray shooting in the light that it should be, where it's not just all like I hate to say, it, but there's a bunch of new. And I don't I don't want to discourage anybody from doing channels, but there's a bunch of newer channels that all they do is take pictures of themselves bag dumping and hooting and hollering, having a good time, and I don't think that portrays to nope. the, that that leads towards what people assume we do and. But I also, I'm not going to be the, like I said, I'm not going to be the kitted up guy because I don't, I'm not going to be doing that kind of stuff because, number one, I don't have military background training. When I go out to shoot, I like to shoot. I don't, I don't like the mag dumping part of it on videos because, I mean, let's be honest, mag dumping is fun every once in a while, but it's, I shoot so much now, I don't, I don't like going to the range and I want to get better every time I go. I want to have a purpose. I don't want to just, you know, when a box of ammo is still running $20, $25 sometimes yeah. for a box of 50 it's an expensive thing just to go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you because, um, and, and I, I'm the same way. Hey, look, mag dumping is fun to do every once in a while, but when I go to the range, it's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do either for, for the channel, I'm either shooting for the channel, which quite frankly, every time I go to the range, something's getting filmed. Um, yeah. It, even if it's for, you know, in my own pleasure, something's getting filmed. Um, and it'll end up in a video somewhere, but I like to enjoy my range time. 
Um, sure. you know, I want to become a better shooter. I'm always trying to improve. Um, ammo is expensive. So I want to use, you know, I want to use my time and my resources wisely. And, you know, I'm glad that you're, you're kind of bringing that up because really the, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast today was, um, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, mm -hmm. Sunday, uh, which is mischief night is actually the five year anniversary of my channel when I registered the channel on YouTube. Um, so everybody listening to this, that was yesterday cause it'll be filmed and this will be airing on a Monday. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things is I want people, I want more content out there. I want everybody going out with their camera filming, even if it's a short content like TikTok and stuff, but I want you to do it safely. I want you to portray the sport as, Hey, look, we, we go out and we shoot guns. We're responsible. We do it safely. We're not idiots. Um, there's plenty of, there's plenty of idiot content out there. Um, and, uh, I, that's what I, that's kind of my thing for the next year is I want to encourage more people to film content, whatever that content is. I don't care if it's a selfie or, you know, someone's doing, you know, is holding the camera. They don't quite have it straight. Learn, right. Just, yeah. just kind of have some fun. Yeah. Like we were talking off camera, like. This is what I run my channel with. Yeah. I don't have a what would they people consider a real camera. Use what no. you got. The, the camera in your phone is like like we're saying. I I, I have to spend a minimum of eight hundred to a thousand dollars to get something approaching what I can do with what I carry in my pocket daily, and that's it's convenient. So yeah, yeah. just start a channel and shoot it with your with your phone. Yeah, and I've only so when I when we were talking off camera before. I originally started this channel up with an old um, Apple iPhone 5, um, which funny, I was an FFL at the time, and I actually traded a firearm transfer for the, for the, for the phone. And, um, you know, it was shooting 1080. It was shooting 1080, so it was, it was HD. I had a digital camera that I had for years. Um, it, it, by modern standards, it's not the greatest, but it, it took good, you know, it took Good enough pictures. It sure. took better pictures than even I could run the camera. Um, but that's the thing is you don't need to go out and buy a lot of gear. You don't need to buy an expensive camera. I, hey, look, if someone wants to give me a really nice expensive camera, I'll be really happy and I'll use it. But until then, um, my channel is running off of, you know, the camera right there that sometimes gets used is a Samsung S9 that I used to carry all the time. Sometimes it's my Samsung S10, um, which, you know, this is dated even by cell phone standards now, but sure. still has a great camera to it. Most of this footage is off of a, off of a bunch of iPhone 6S's that I received. Um, these cameras will work and they'll work hard for you long after the device is out of support or out of, you know, favor or whatever. So you don't need to go broke. No. And that's when you're starting, like, some people can afford to, but when I started my channel, like, I, like, I, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm going to do this. I'm not going to go invest $2,000 in equipment just because some YouTube 
you know, video says, here's the kit you need to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. When I started my YouTube channel, like I was in FFL at the time, um, I was using my firearm transfers, the $20 tra firearm transfers that I was doing. That's actually how I was funding, you know, the channel. Uh, sure. You know, I stopped being an FFL. Well, the channel has to kind of support itself. Um, mm -hmm. And I was so close this year for it breaking even. Um, <laughs> until I went and started doing all kinds of work in the studio. Oh, um, yeah. But... Those are the things is you don't have to spend a lot of money on gear. I, I spent, when I started the channel up, uh, you know, I bought a hundred dollar light kit and I was using a cell phone. I bought a microphone stand and that's what I was using for my overhead shots. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of adapters and that was it. I think my whole gear, I don't know, man, maybe 170 bucks I spent. Everything yeah. else was what I had. Yep. And that's the, that's the thing is people like, I, I want to, I want to do a YouTube channel. You do, and then they, you know, I've seen the videos out there, you know, the YouTube starter kit for 2020, you know, name your year, someone's going to have it and it's going to generate a lot of, um, you know, a lot of interest, but you don't need that stuff. I mean, if you're going to be professional, maybe. But yeah, I mean, the average person that's learning editing, they're not going to, they're not going to know the difference. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I know what camera I'd want to go out and buy if it was in the budget and it's, but it's about a thousand dollars and it's just until the channel grows big enough to make it justified. It's, it's not going to get bought. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. Um, and then, and quite frankly, when you start dealing with those cameras, I mean, there's, there's more things that these things can do than most people realize. But then you start dealing with those big cameras. You start dealing with focal lengths and <laughs> f-stops. Sure. You know, you're going through all that stuff. You're going to get frustrated really quick. Whereas this is pretty much point and shoot. Yeah, I, I had a lot of stuff back when I was in the ad. I was a graphic artist. I did all the photography and layout for the agency I worked for. And, that I was back film, so I had, I mean, I had thousands of dollars in my kit, and that's back then. I had to, I had to go in the dark room and develop my own film and all that kind of stuff too. And the digital cameras now, the point shoots just so nice. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like, oh, that one was blurry. Delete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least you could do that on the phone because by the time you developed it, you didn't know it was blurry until you were in the dark room. And yeah. Then oh crap, and you just wasted all that money. Yeah. So, but back to what we we're talking about, cause like the, so just use the camera and set it up on a cheap tripod and film yourself and shoot in a responsible way. Uh, I mean, I've done, I've done some videos teaching my daughter to shoot. Um, they don't tend to like that kind of stuff anymore. So showing kids with guns in their hands yeah. is going to get some channel strikes usually now. So you got to be a little careful with it, but yeah, just just start it and do it and get used. Because it's let's be honest, when you first started, it's not normal to sit there and talk to a no. camera. Like you're speaking no. to like there's people there and there's nobody other else in the room. Because I don't know about you, but I don't have a camera, man. I I have me. Yep. I and that's the thing is you know when I all my first couple years, you didn't even see me on my videos. My video. The only thing you saw me in my videos was my hands, as I'm working. 
you know, doing whatever I'm doing on the video. And then I did voiceovers afterwards. Yeah. You know, my first, my first video, I think I had 80 hours into my first video for, for like a 20 minute video. Okay. Um, and it, it, you know, I overcomplicated the crap out of that video because I, in my mind, I knew what I wanted. I just didn't know how to get there. Sure. Now, I don't have, you know, I, I'm a lot more comfortable in front of the camera. It took me time. And, and I'm a person who I used to do speaking engagements in front of audiences. And that's, that's really weird talking to a camera because when I'm up on stage and I'm talking to people, I get instant feedback from the audience. And I know yeah. to make minor tweaks to my speech depending on the audience reactions. Yeah, I film a video and I won't know until I hear until I see the comments. Yeah, same here. Like my day to day, my my real job, I'm in sales. I, I I'm in the furniture industry and I have a customer. I, I talk all day long. And but you, yeah, you can you can look at their body. You can look at their facial expressions. You yep. can hear their intonation. You can see if, if what you're presenting is going over well. Yeah, I'm just I'm staring at the back of a phone, hoping yes. oh, you got it in focus. Well, <laughs> And it's really weird because, like, um, you, there's times where I'm filming the the Wednesday podcast, which is just a short, you know, under ten minute podcast. Mm. And a lot of the time, I just have my phone, and I'm using the front camera so I can see rather than the full setup that I have. Sure. And sitting on just a, a cheap Amazon tripod, and one of the problems I have is that um, my eyes will start to wander because you can't see the little camera on the front of the phone that I actually put a little like red dot on my case. So oh, I nice. stare at the dot because when I go back and edit the film, I know if I'm looking at the camera or, you know, the camera being here, or if I'm looking at this side of the case, because the phone is an arm's length away. Right. And it, it's weird when you're staring at things. And, and like, even now that camera, you know, I, I'm looking for, the flash, right? The little white part where the flash is, right? Get my focus onto the actual camera, and it's weird talking to an inanimate object that sometimes you don't, you you literally lose where the camera is on that object, yeah. And then you have no feedback at all. It, it, it's odd. It takes you a, a little while to get used to that, but I, I would think that probably the younger generations now. That they just they grew up with selfie doing selfie videos. They don't, sure. they don't you know they're just used to it. To, to people like us, we're looking for a lens, you know. Well, just like right now, I'm talking to you. I keep looking down over here because I'm watching you when I should be yep. looking up here. <laughs> well, and it, so like before we started recording, I kind of showed you the setup of the studio where I have you know I have a pole here that the, all the camera and the microphones up here hanging off of it. And yeah. I actually put the camera because behind that another mm -hmm. ten feet is a TV that I'm mm -hmm. seeing you on, and I got the computer here and the keyboard and all that stuff. That I kind of position the camera so that I'm looking at you on the TV, and you really actually sure. can't tell if I'm looking at the camera or not. But down here, like when I'm doing podcasts and I'm bringing up someone's mm -hmm. web page, I'm looking down here, and you can see that I'm not looking at the camera. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So it, it, it's weird. I mean, and those are certain things that it took me a while to get over. Um, you know, I'm, I get, I'm super anal about things. So it's, that's why it was 80 hours of work into that first video because I wanted every take to be perfect. Oh, sure. Right? It's got to be perfect. And if I, if I started doing something and I screwed up my wording, I stopped. And then I started redoing the entire section again. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I used to do that. And, you know, it, it, it just it, it eats you up. Later. Now it's just like, um, you know, if I, if I screw up, um, you know, especially on a disassembly and reassembly video, I can throw a still image up on the screen. You have no idea that I actually edited um, and even then, I'm not even getting, I'm down to the point where I just don't, I don't care. I'll do a transition and it'll all be fine. You know? Yeah, because you can have that. And then, wait a second, start into it, and then you can just go in and splice those two together. Yep. Yeah, my hardest part is that when I, when I, when I screw up now, I, I, have this, I have a sigh that I do because I know I screwed up. Okay. And now it's hard for me to like hold the sigh in because it's so hard to edit the sigh out when I'm doing that. Um, but make for a good every, blooper roll though. I used to, well, I used to do blooper rolls at the end of my videos. Yeah. Um, now, and, and everyone loved them. I just don't have the time to do that anymore. I mean, I'm putting out two podcasts a week plus a, plus a video. I just don't have the time to edit, you know, and I'm working a full-time job on top sure. of that. Um, and, but, you know, reason why I like stories like this is for these people, like don't get hung up on things. Yeah. Most people don't care. I mean, unless it's like you said green instead of red, most people don't care that you screw up. I mean, on those Wednesday podcasts, uh, the one that's coming out tomorrow, I kind of screwed up and I just kind of corrected myself and kept on going. I don't care anymore. Um, you know, it's, it, it's an under 10 minute video talking about a subject. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be perfect. No, it doesn't. And I, you know, I, so I don't do near as much as you do. Like I, I've been on, like we were talking, I, I've been cut on a little bit of hiatus for the summer and I'm, I'm getting back going, but it's been a little bit of struggle because here's, I think here's a lot of new people start because a lot of people start YouTube and they think, you know, in a year I'm going to be able to quit my normal job. I'm going to be making <laughs> whatever. And, you know, if you wanted to go make YouTube slime videos for kids, that kind of stuff, you might probably can do that. But when you have gun content, there's already a finite amount of big channels that make a living do that. Um, wow. YouTube in general doesn't like our content. So the, the idea, the likelihood you're going to blow up and quit your day job don't want to, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but it's not the most realistic thing. So th I treat this as a hobby. Um, and if you watch my channel, I, I don't get to, every once in a while I'll approach a political topic topic that I find important. Like I just did a gun free zone one. Um, yep. But for the most part, I keep that stuff off the channel. I just try to do lighthearted videos, show products, just, you know, we're all gun guys. We're all gear guys. Like just if you buy something, make a video on it. Use dual purpose yeah, it, because number one, our hobby is expensive. You might as well make it work for you because, like, I don't know about you. I don't have gun companies offering this. I have some. 
I have some companies I work with, but they don't send me guns. <laughs> I get holsters yeah, no. and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I get holsters too because yeah, some of the same companies you're working with, I'm working with. Yeah. Um, it's funny. For some reason, you can always get a holster. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, you can always get a holster from from somebody somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as for a gun, yeah, it's you just you're not going to get it. it. It's 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 tough to do. Sure. And um, you know, for for people in the audience, when you, when he's talking about you're just not going to you know, it, it's hard to make money. When we make content, um, there's there's two sets of rules on YouTube that we follow. There's community guidelines and monetization guidelines. And the two are two completely different sets of rules that we have to balance out. Because yep. number one, will YouTube play it? And number two, will YouTube monetize it? And that's the monetization is the ads that they put into it. And like my most popular content, YouTube will not run ads on. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, and a lot of time I'm skirting community guidelines. Um, so people, it's not, you're, you're not going to be the next Koyan Noir, right? I mean, it, it, even he worked his butt off to get to where he is. Sure. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, don't, don't look at this as a job. I still look at it as a hobby. It's just a hobby. It takes up a whole heck of a lot of time. Yep. Um, but it's also, it's my, it's my mental release. Um, you know, when I was, when I was a gun dealer and I was working on guns and stuff like that as an F, as a, as a gunsmith, um, when I'm working on something, I can put all my focus into it. The stress of my day job goes away. Um, the stress of life goes away. It's just me and that gun. It's the same thing when I step on the firing line with a gun. It's me, the gun, the target. Um, I, I hate to say it, it's almost like the essence of shooting. You know, I'm in my element, and that's that's my time to be, you know, by myself in my head. <laughs> and uh, that's why I like doing. It. I just, I look at it this way: is, is this gives me more time to be by myself in my head to work on content. Um, yep. It also gives me a great opportunity to meet other people in the industry. Sure. Well, like, so you're talking, and that's, so back to making content, like we want to make responsible content too, because, yes. and, you know, not to get all political or anything, but there's so many things trying to limit our rights to firearms, that sort of thing. And when I talk to people outside of this, of this community and I tell them, my most peaceful place to go is the gun range. They look at me like I'm a complete idiot. Cause like, how can yeah. something where everybody's shooting be, um, be peaceful and relaxing? Well, like me, I'm kind of lucky. I belong to an outdoor range where in my days are offered during the week. So I'm usually, well, most times I go out there, I'm by myself and I can sit out there and literally my favorite rifle I own is my Marlin, uh, three, three, six. Nice. An expensive damn one to shoot. You're talking about a buck fifty yeah. every time you pull the trigger. But I can go out there and like just the other day, I went out with another buddy who's got a channel here in the same town I live in, and I didn't plan on filming anything. I sat down and I shot ten shots of that gun, 
And I was just at peace. All the, all the while, he's off to the side shooting a whole bunch of stuff on shotguns. But, like, I just, all of a sudden, my stress went away. Um, then I ended up filming a, a shotgun video and breaking something. But it's just, it's, it's where I go to, to unwind. It's, it's, you know, some, and some people look at you when you have the, you say, your hobby shooting, that's horrible. You spend a bunch of money doing it. And those same people probably every Friday and Saturday night go spend 30 to 50 to $60 at the bar every night. Uh, shooting pool, that kind of, which I like to do too. But like, but honestly, a lot of those guys spend more doing that stuff every week than we do at the gun range. We just we spend money all at once, right? Sure. I mean we we spend it we spend it in spurts, whereas they spread it out. Um, yeah, I mean a new gun's going to cost me so much money, right? Sure. Ammo's going to cost me so much money, but when I'm buying ammo, yeah, well, hey, when am if there's not an ammo craze, right? Usually you're buying, uh, you know, a thousand rounds, like a, yeah. you know, a thousand rounds of nine millimeter. And that's going to last me, whether, unless I'm doing a gun review video, um, that's going to last me a while. You know, I'm going to go to the range. One of the things that my wife and I did when we started going to the range, you know, we were burning up ammo. I, I got two, you know, two shooters I'm feeding, you know, their, the guns. We stopped carrying ammo with us what we would do is we would load up all of our mags before okay. we went to the range and then i just grabbed like a handful of ammo and just toss it into the into the range back yeah and you know my wife has um 11 11 or 12 mags for her gun um i have about six or seven of mine but they're they're much you know it depends well it depends on the gun that i'm shooting i was gonna say if which gun <laughs> It depends on who's going to be shooting. When she goes, she shoots. Uh, she's a Breda Cheetah eighty-five, so it's a single stack. So it's eight. It's eight rounds for the mag. You know, if I'm going and I run, you know, my competition gun, uh, it's twenty-one rounds per mag. Um, sure. But and that's the whole thing is you know we you know she'll shoot then I'll shoot like you know she'll shoot on the plates and I'm pulling the plates for her. Mm -hmm. Um. And then if I'm shooting, she's pulling the plates for me. And we just, you know, go back and forth. And then it, it, it is kind of that Zen moment for me of doing that. And that's why I like doing the content because I sure. get to go to, I get to go to my happy place and I get to bring an audience with me. Yep. Which is why I love, that's why I love creating content. And that's why I, that's why I want everybody to create content because if you're in this sport, number one, you should be a responsible gun owner. We should be showing that. And number two, people should be seeing that we're having fun doing it while we're being yeah. safe. Why Why would somebody not want to come into this sport? Yeah, it's because it, it, I'm going to say this, and I, I look like what I'm saying, but the, most people have this image of gun owners are going to be this fat white guy with a beard, which, yep, hello. <laughs> But you know, it it it, does, it also there's a stigma. Well, they're also probably redneck, down south, uh, racist, homophobic, what you name it. That's the image people have of us. And if we can show we're just regular people that regular people. you know, like you have fun. It's it's literally that. Like I said, that's that's our version of being on a dart league, on a pool league, or whatever. It's just yeah. in a different venue. That's funny because you know. Um, just a little while ago, I had Tony Simon on the podcast. Tony's a great and guy. And Tony's an awesome guy. Oh, man, that was 
that was so much fun being on that podcast with him. And, um, you know, it, when he gets talking about it, he goes, you know, people think that it's just, you know, white redneck, you know, I forget the exact wording. He's going through the stereotypical gun owner. Mm-hmm. And Tony's this big black guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, was in the Marine Corps, um, very much not the stereotypical gun shooter that, you know, or, you know, gun owner that were portrayed as. Sure. And that's his whole thing is we need to be breaking down barriers. And that's what I love about seeing people doing content. Um, I don't care if it's on TikTok, if it's a 30, you know, if it's a 30 second TikTok, someone's got a cool gun that they're showing a picture of. Um, we should be out there showing our sport because that's the whole thing is if we see content out there where it's, it's not the stereotypical person, it's someone having fun, being safe, having a cool gun. Um, the more content of that out there, the less, I hate to say it, less ammunition the people who want to take that away from us have. Sure. Yeah, they, oh. they, they seem to, because the, you know, the anti-gunners think that we're all out there just to play Rambo and yeah. that we, for some reason, want to oh. shoot people. Like, oh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Overthrow the government. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, and then they go into the concealed carry and it's like, well, you just want to kill people. The, la the last thing I want to do is draw my gun. Yeah. The last thing I want to do. That if I draw my gun, that is the last resort. Everything yeah. else has failed. Yeah, there were. I and it's not a very well watched video, but I have a video on that. I was in a big box store here. It's Shields, I don't know if it's it's kind of a Midwest chain. We have and one night I'm up there, and this this gal's talking to her husband across the way, like all these people, all these concealed carriers. They just want to play Rambo and be, be dangerous carrying guns around. And I like normally I mind my own business, but I was like. That one struck a chord. <laughs> so do you mind if I ask you a question? And she's like, what? Like, so I just overheard what you said, your husband, about concealed carriers and everything. Like you do realize that we're here in Nebraska. We have open carry. I can carry a lot bigger gun open, uh, more you know, safely because it's, it's, you can carry it safer outside the waistband than inside the waistband. Us concealed carriers, just to please people and make them feel less scared because they can't see our guns, invest a lot of money by getting the concealed carry permit, taking the classes, all that kind of stuff, just so people like you can feel safer. And oh, by the way, we're in the gun section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With you. With you. Yeah. Like, I didn't go off on her, but I was like, you just. Think about that point of view. You're here looking at a gun, and you're going off about gun people. I mean, it, it ended up being a nice. It could have gone a not very nice conversation, but it ended up being a good conversation with the person. You know, I've had some great conversations with people who were on the other side of the issues, right? Um, you know, my my channel originally was started as being not a political channel. I wanted no politics in my channel. Sure. Uh, that changed uh, th uh, this year. And it changed because 
of a letter that went to YouTube that took one of my videos down. And it was a letter by five senators who don't like guns. Right. <laughs> um, that's, that's where I had, you know, that, that's where politics started sneaking in because um, my first amendment right was trampled on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but generally I don't have that issue. You know, if I talk to an anti-gunner, I can sit down and have a great conversation with them because, uh, you know, as long as they're, they have an open mind to talk to me, I have an open mind to talk to them. Sure. And that's one of the problems that we have is that people are so polarized about an issue. They can't see the other side. And yeah, I, I, I love having great conversations. I don't care what the subject is. I love, I love having great conversation. And I've sat down and talked to uh, state representatives that they don't like to, they don't like guns. Like you do realize we're in Montana, right? <laughs> um, yeah. This, this is a culture here. And then talking to them, they understand my point of view. I understand theirs. We can walk away and not agree. There's no reason why, you know, I don't I have no expectation. That I'm going to change your mind. I hope that I do. But as long as we can respect each other, we can walk away and just have, you know, and and say, okay, cool, that was a great conversation. You had that right there at a gun store. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just, and it takes a lot for me to do that to be honest. Because normally, I don't. Yeah, I, don't, no, I'm kind I wouldn't of, say normally I keep to myself, but if I'm being 100 percent honest, I'm in sales. I feel like I'm on all day long. I'm talking to people, but there's yeah. a purpose. So. The last thing I want to do is engage in conversation with, with strangers, most generally, <laughs> when I'm done with the day at work. And that was I was there after work, but it's just sometimes I just can't help myself. Yeah. Now we'll go. Now, now we've kind of went through that. We'll go. Let's go back to a little bit of content creation. You know, we talked sure. about um, cameras and stuff like that. Both of us use cell phones. I think cell phones are awesome to yeah. do it with because I have this with me just about all the time. So why would I want to carry other gear around with me um, when I have this? And then sure. now we talked a little bit off air. We'll, we'll talk about it again about, you know, I'm in a studio. I, I built up a studio. Um, I've been doing videos in here. Originally, I started off with that light kit. I upgraded to a better light kit. And now that light, that better light kit is packed away in the other room. I don't use it. These are lights off a ceiling fan that's pointing to me here. Mm -hmm. um, hanging above me are lights that I bought at Costco. They're LED shop lights that are being held up against the ceiling with command hooks. Um, you don't have to go crazy again sure. on your other gear. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, like I use. So I started with this cell phone right here. It's on a little tripod. This is an old Google Pixel 3. Uh, I still use it as a B camera. My main camera that I film everything, if you watch any of my recent channels in the last year and a half, is this. It's a Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. Um, I do have a, per a per few peripherals. This was a you like this is a used 360 camera that I bought for $85 that I use for some things. It's what I film my intro with when you when you see it going towards the target like and you can do some stupid stuff too like everybody thinks that some people think i use a drone for that it was literally me walking with this thing 
and then I speed it up when it gets to target, and I couldn't find an uh, I couldn't find a uh, sound effect that I really liked to the whooshing. So it's literally me me going. <laughs> but it sounds like an arrow or a bullet going through the air or whatever. And then I just, it, so there's some, there's some fun stuff you can do without spending a lot of money. I mean, I got, and I, I use some of my, I am monetized, which, you know, I, if I'm being completely transparent, I basically make about 30 bucks a month at this point. So you yeah. have to buy a box of ammo. So what I do, you're, in, you're not. By the way, when you're monetized, you have to get to a, a minimum of a hundred dollars before they pay yeah. you. I was going to say you're 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 to the point now. Even though you're monetized, it's four months until you can get a payout. Yeah. So with my first payment, I bought this. This is a it's a it's a um, a gimbal. Sorry. So you can flip this up, put the phone on it, and you can get some steady shots to have fun with it. It'll do. Honestly, I bought this. I don't really hardly ever use it. Um, it's funny. I have a gimbal as well, and crap. I, I think I may have used it five times for videos. I think I have more time playing with the gimbal than I have with actual footage I've used with the gimbal. To the point where, when I, if I pull it out and I want to use it, I got to figure out all the buttons again. Yeah, and you got to balance it, and they're all gonna. But it's kind of. I mean, this one. I can go like this, and it'll start tracking me. So if I have it on a tripod and I walk around, it'll follow me. But it's more of a pain most of the time than it's worth. So I just use like these tripods back here. These are that's a forty-five dollar tripod. That's a thirty dollar tripod. So every time I get the the payment for monetization, I order something like I, I ordered a wireless lav mic that's like for thirty-five dollars. I'm going to try out. So this microphone, phenomenal microphone. It was the whole the whole thing was like fifty bucks. So, I mean, you yeah. could just buy little pieces of kit here and there and upgrade it. And that's what I did. I mean, I originally started off, and that's the reason why I did voiceovers. Well, number one, I wasn't comfortable with talking on the video at the time. But number two, I had I had a gosh, I think it was twenty five dollars. I bought it was a toner uh, microphone. Mm -hmm. uh, the little sound card that did the Phantom Power went bad in it, so um, it's down in one of my boxes somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I upgraded to this. This is a, a $35 Movi. Um, yeah. And I, I think I have more money into the 15-foot cable going to my laptop than I think <laughs> I have into the uh, actual microphone itself. Well, like I said, this um, was $50, but it came with the suspension mount and the arm and everything. Yeah. And um, I will tell so people getting into content, one of the best things you can do is get yourself some sort of microphone. Uh, it doesn't have to be an expensive one and you're going to make some mistakes. I bought a cheap lavalier microphone. What a piece of junk <laughs> that was. And then everybody said, get a, and again, I used phone content. So everybody said to get a shotgun mic. So I bought, this is a sarmonic. This is a shotgun mic, right? It picks up everything, background everything. noise, everything. <laughs> so, and, and this is a shotgun mic that I'm talking on. Um, yeah. And I have a hard time when I'm filming content using this thing because, you know, on the other side of the wall here, and I have insulation in that wall. The other side of that wall is the heater. Yeah. So in, in the summertime where the air conditioning goes off, I have to stop recording because this thing picks up everything. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, in the wintertime, the heat goes off or, like, you know, the hot water heater, I need to stop recording. 
Um, I'll go over to a lav mic and I'll clip a lav mic onto onto myself to to get the content. Sure. It's like, but like, yeah. Yeah, this is a condenser mic which blocks out that background noise. It's got to gain control. And be, where you film too? Like, I used to film because I didn't have this uh, little space in here to set up like I do now for videos and stuff. So I used to film at my kitchen table, right? Well, off camera was my refrigerator, and right behind me on the louvered doors, which you see in my videos, that's where the air conditioner or the furnace is. So I had to go in and shut the power off to the furnace and turn the refrigerator off when I wanted to record. And I also had a I couldn't there's several videos of for life, but I couldn't figure out what that hum was. I couldn't get rid of it, I couldn't get rid of it, couldn't get rid of it. It was the um, fluorescent light in the kitchen. It was the hum from <laughs> yeah. it. That's why I got the. That's why I got the lighting system. So like, those are little things you have to learn. Like, been been. I'm gonna tell you, write yourself a reminder to turn the refrigerator back on when you're done filming. Because yeah. there may have been one or once or twice that fridge was off for 24 hours because I forgot. So, it's just kind of learning curve, stupid stuff like that when you start doing videos. Ideally, you have a, a like I have now. I have a, I can place where I can just leave the equipment set up but if you don't have that you got to deal with those little subtle nuances it it, it can yeah quite honestly it can just piss you off <laughs> yeah yeah um it, it's crazy the things that you you learn along the way um and, and that's the thing is you know i i look at i i i'll be honest i i look at microphones and i kind of like it'd be really nice to have the blah 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 and I'm like, I don't have $300 for that mic. And then I go, right. How, how long do I got to use that mic before I would, it would be able to pay itself? And yep. then is it any better than the $35 mic that I'm running now? Maybe. But the mic I'm running now is perfectly fine. So I just like, I'm fine with my $35 mic. Well, and again, like you and I, since we film with our phones, like we're not like these professionals guys that have a sound mixer and all this other kind of stuff. Oh. Like I don't have my, I, my, so as far as making videos, I use um, a software called Kinemaster Pro or Kinemaster Pro. Um, it's like $12 a month. It used to be cheap. We used to be $25 for a year for the pro version, but they just adjusted it. But it's a pretty powerful program and it's, it's all strictly Android based. It's all on the phone. Um, but there's very little bit of sound processing. So you just, it, it's not, if I were to film with a nice DSLR camera and use my laptop for editing and all this other kind of stuff, would it be worth investing more money? But right now this gets plugged in with a USB to USB C adapter to my phone and that yeah. controls the audio. So I guess look at your budget, but I, yeah, I just, unless you have, unless you have more free money than I do that I'd rather spend on guns and ammo. Um, I, yeah. Start off I'd with cheaper equipment. You know, and that's the thing is that, you know, so this is a, um, you know, this is a, an off brand of a road mic. Yeah. Um, and even then the road, mic, the, the road mic that this thing is an off brand of, I think that road mic is like $70. Right. Yep. It's, you can still get a, in, you can still, it's still an affordable mic, but it was like, okay, well, 35 is more my speed. So I'm going to run that and I get great sound out of it. Um, 
but and that's the thing is definitely look at, at what you can do because ask other content creators what they run right yeah. um a lot of us will tell you if you want to know what we're doing you know you're you're talking about you're doing uh, editing. When I first started, uh, so I run on Macs, uh, and I can't afford a Mac. But I get Macs from my day job. Okay. And then from my day job, you know, upgrades went, and they gave me the old one and stuff like that. So I get to keep that. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got great gear for editing. Um, I used to edit off of iMovie, which was is free. Sure. And then... Um, a couple of years ago, I I started expanding past iMovie's capabilities. I there's things I wanted to do that iMovie it it, it was getting hard to do. Um, so now I'm using Final Cut Pro, which is you know, three hundred dollars for a piece of software. Sure, but it's that for me that was an investment. I'm still running my thirty five dollar mic. Yeah. Um, it works great, but. That's that's where I had to put the investment in the channel to do what I wanted to do. I needed to upgrade my software. But there's plenty of people that I know that are running Macs and they're like, it, you know, or that have a Mac or have access to a Mac and they're like, well, what, what can I edit with? I'm like, it's built into your laptop. Apple gives it to you free. Use it. Use yeah. it until it doesn't do what you need it to do anymore. Yeah, and most people aren't making cinematic films on their YouTube channel, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, I want to do that, make short films for another channel I'm doing. But for now, it's just just not worth the investment. Here, the biggest mistake I can see is people is same thing with what you told with new, with new gun owners, right? Like, so people go out and buy these two, three thousand dollar guns and expect. They expect that their shooting's magically going to get better, right? Because they spent all this yeah. money on on a piece of oh. equipment. Just filming, like you can go buy the best camera in the whole wide world. You can buy all this stuff, and if you don't know how to make a video, nobody wants to watch a video. It doesn't really matter if your audio sucks, because I, I and I'm going to tell you, you're going to get comments on your videos until you do. If your audio's bad, boy, howdy, oh, every internet troll is going to make a comment on it. So there was a podcast I did about a month ago. So I run earbuds for the sound, so I can hear. And then I have an external mic. Well, what I set up for the podcast, I screwed up my mic source. I thought I was recording off my external mic. I was recording off my earbuds. Okay. Oh, my God. Did I get ripped in the comments? And as soon as I started playing the recording back, I'm like, crap. And I'm trying to edit as best I can to clean that sound up. It sure. was crap. And, of course, I have a guest who has great audio. And so mine sounds even worse at that point. And then I got, you know, it, it was a a comment, you know, from a first time person listening. I it was like, I really wanted to listen to this, but I just couldn't listen to it. The audio was so bad. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> um, yeah. People, people will forgive bad video. They will not forgive bad audio. No, because that's because my, my first videos were just, Simple. I'm I'm probably ten feet away from the camera, and like the audio is horrible, and, and you know, I was nervous anyway. So no wonder those videos yeah. didn't get watched very much. Like, and my, I don't have that big volume. My my average view duration 
Well, let's put it this way. You're going to put a lot of the work in your average view duration on your videos. The ones you're really proud of are not going to get watched very much. You do a, hi, this is a Taurus, and you're going to get 20,000, 30,000 views on something like that. So, yeah. But, yeah, if your audio is bad, it's, I'm no different. If I if a video looks really good and it's a cool product, but I can't understand a word the guy's saying, I'll flip right past the video. So, again, in, invest in 30, 50, 35, 40, 50, whatever. It's just a cheap microphone. And you can have it on camera for a podcast like this, or you can have it off camera. You can do whatever you want to. But as long as the audio is good, the rest can, a lot of it can be forgiven and people are going to watch your videos. Unless it just sucks. Yeah. Yeah, unless, yeah, unless it's just bad. And it's, it's funny, um, you, you're talking about view durations and stuff like that. That's something that new people will learn. It's like, cool, I'm going to put this video out. You know, it's going to be the greatest video in the world. And then when you look through your analytics, you're lucky if they've watched 20 to 30% of it. Yeah. If you get people to watch 50% of a video, you're doing awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Because people's I, I attention like span is is YouTube Shorts, Reels, it's it's TikTok. Yeah. Like a minute or less is most, for especially you younger people, their attention span. Yeah, like I can see in my analytics, every video, that curve just drops. You know, it, it drops fast. You have a high abandon rate in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, because people just, you know, they click on it like. In two seconds, they're like, no, <laughs> they're not, they're they're on to the next thing. Um, you know, when I do the gunsmithing content, you're talking about a video that's twenty, sometimes thirty minutes long, because we're going through some very cons, you know, very complicated steps of sure taking a gun apart and putting it back together and stuff like that. That content is, I, I expect high abandon rates in that because that's. What, what, what my wife likes to call my educational content, right? It's educational. People, mm -hmm. it, it's not exciting. It's not flashy. If you're watching that video, you're watching it because you have a reason to watch it. You, you're trying to fix a gun. You're trying to get something in that you can't figure out how to get back in. True. And even then, I can see where people are skipping around just watching the sections they want. But um, So you know, anybody that's looking at being a content creator, do not get discouraged about that. Um, it, it takes time to build that, that up. Sure. Well, and you can do, it depends how interested you in or like, or like I watch, I don't watch like regular TV anymore, but I like, I watch, I have all these people I've subscribed to that are photographers and camera guys and you can learn there. Now, granted, they're showing you how to do it on rigs. It would cost you more than your car, but you can apply those principles. Like, um, I don't know if you want to name, but but Peter McKinnon is a great channel to watch. Uh, Peter McKinnon, I watch I watch Peter McKinnon. Uh, was it uh, uh, his name? Jevin Dovey. I watch. Um, he's got great. I mean, he used to do like indie films and stuff. Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel. I learned so much. I when I watch YouTube videos, I'm not watching gun content at all. I'm watching content that helped me be a better photographer, a better videographer, a better audio person, better yeah. lighting. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And, you know, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn a skill. The last thing I want to do is watch a gun video. Yeah, it's funny. We spent a lot of time. We were talking about this stuff. And we're like, what are these two gun guys talking about photography for? Like, well, 
it's, it's kind of fun to make your videos look a little bit nicer, so hopefully people watch them. Yeah. Well, that's like my first you want to horrible, dude. I'm shooting with a camera, and I'm up against a picture window that's lighting me from the back. My face is all blacked <laughs> out, and here I am. You're washed out. And I wonder yeah. why there's thirty there's thirty five views on that video after three years. <laughs> yeah. No, it's and that's the thing. Um, you know, the new person's thinking about doing this stuff. Those are all things you're going to make those mistakes. Yeah. You'll learn you'll learn from then you'll realize why the two of us watch videos on how to do better, you know, videography and photography and audio and all that stuff. Because we're when you have a channel, you're producing content, you're, you're building an art. Um, it, it takes a lot of time. For me, I put a lot of time into editing. Um, I put a lot of time into making sure exposures are right and stuff like that. So you can see, you know, the, the foundation of my channel was is that I got sick of watching someone putting a gun back together. And they go, Okay, I'm going to do this. And then the, uh, they talk through it really quick. They show it on camera, but you can't see what they did. Right. So that's, that's how I started my channel. I go, there's got to be a better way of doing this. You know, people, you know, that's why I bought lights and light kits and stuff like that. And later I found out that it has, don't get me wrong, lighting has something to do with it. Exposure, learning your camera settings is what, made the video that someone could see it or the yep. pictures that I took, the stills where people are like, how did you, you know, I, you know, the, the spring in a Glock is just a, a rod that kind of goes in there. They're like, how did you get that picture? You can't get light down there. And I was like, I overexposed it. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, you got, you got to learn, you got to learn that stuff. Yeah. Um, it had yeah, nothing to do with the lighting, it had to do with the camera work. Yeah, so you can yeah, you can show stuff and it's just it's how to get your story across. It, it's yes. and you're also gonna have to you know, if you if you're starting a channel, like you're not gonna know this, but you're gonna have to have an idea of on always what you want your channel to look like. If you want to have it kind of a signature, that kind of stuff. I mean there's just things you're gonna learn and maybe this is just camera geek stuff, but uh, beyond it, most of us have gun channels, or although we're gun guys, we're also kind of a little bit nerdy, like the tech kind of kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a way to have fun and share with people, and not have to deal with people in real life. <laughs> <laughs> it helps us with our uh, with our inter our introvert side. Um, Absolutely, and and that's the thing. It's like for me uh, professionally, I'm in IT. Um, I like technical content. You know, I I. I I've been doing this. I, I've been banging away on a computer keyboard since I was in third grade. That was yeah. 1980. I've been doing this stuff for a long time. Um, so the technical aspects of it appeal to me. Um, I can understand that. Uh, yeah, it's you're going. And the one thing I've learned about being in IT is I, I don't care what IT shop I've ever been in because I've done consulting, I've worked for companies and all that stuff, you'll find a gun guy. Oh, yeah. Or or you'll find another gun guy. <laughs> um, so um, it, it's amazing when you get into these technical things, how many gun people there truly is. Yeah. 
And it's kind of nice that you can help someone do something. Because, like, you see, like, the, you're talking about videos. Like, there's people who do how-to videos. But, like, the lighting's so bad, like, you can't figure out how they're doing things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that was, yeah, like I said, that was why I started a channel. Well, I had another reason, too. I was an FFL, and I was doing surcoat work. And I didn't want to take people's guns apart and put them back together afterwards. I just wanted you to give me the parts. And then sure. I, I just code them, and then you put them back together. So I started doing disassembly and reassembly videos so people could disassemble their guns. I could code them, and then they could reassemble them. But at the same time, I knew that I had to do something different than what was out there. And that's, that's the greatest thing. If you ever are trying to figure out what to do with a channel, figure out what you don't like about the content that's out there. And then yep. solve that problem. Yep. Yeah, like so. My I, part of the reason I started my channel is because it's there's more now, but back you know even three years ago there wasn't so much like from the new gun owner standpoint. Like when I went to go buy my first one, like again, even though I grew up around guns, like every place I went, well, you either need a Glock or a nineteen eleven, and like there wasn't much in between, and there wasn't there weren't one. But I'm left handed. Like oh, I don't want to hear the left handed crap. You can train to loot using. Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, you could train to learn how to shoot any gun professionally. However, it's your money. If you're spending three, four, five, six, well, however much money, and you don't enjoy the way the gun feels in your hand or it's not fun to shoot. So I, a lot of my content is geared towards the left-handed shooter, too, because so many people just kind of just don't give a crap about that. Um, but I just, I approached a channel that I, as, as doing it as a channel that I would want to watch. And here I am talking about my, I mean, again, I have 1500 subscribers. That's, that's it. I'm not a big channel. So I don't, I don't, I don't pretend that I'm Paul Harrell or Hickok or, or whatever. Like I don't have that kind of viewing. Right. But hopefully people watch my content and they learn something out of it. I get some pretty good, I, I get my trolls, but I get some pretty good, comments from people that you know say hey that's a that's a i appreciate your approach on it i learned something i never would have thought of but if you think about it so your gun content for you know the new the new gun person right the new shooter new gun owner there's 1500 people that went hey you know what this guy resonates with me he he knows what what my you know he knows me he understands. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about with the left-handed shooting. Um, there's not a lot of left-handed shooters. When I was a kid, my, my sister is a lefty. And the rest of us are right-handed shooters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look back at that and go, I don't know how, uh, you know, she was shooting with us. She had fun. But I don't know how, how pleasurable that experience was for her because, um, going forward as an FFL, I remember one of my customers getting, um, it was a Savage Access, in, um, it, it, but it needed it left-handed. It, okay. it was for his daughter. And um, I'm like, okay, that's a little, I can get them, right? They're a little harder to find, but I can, I can get one. I got one, brought it in, and we we're talking about it. And he had to go get someone else to teach his daughter how to shoot because he tried going to the range with his daughter mm -hmm. with this left-handed gun. So he was on a different visit. He was telling me about this. 
he goes, he's a right-handed shooter trying to figure out a left-handed action. Oh, yeah. And it was one of those things. He's like, let me just go get a left-handed shooter to teach you how to shoot because I can't do it because I'm not translating that over to you um, correctly. Okay. I guess, and then that's kind of so be, me being talking about, I'm, I'm usually talking about handguns because I don't own any left-handed right or long guns. I just don't need them. I, can, I can't shoot a rifle right-handed or a shotgun right-handed to save my life. But all of my all of my rifles and shotguns are just the standard right hand configuration. Um, got to watch out a little bit because every once in a while, like the ejection, you got to make sure the ejection pattern is not hitting you in the. Like a lot of semi-auto shotguns don't work very well for me. Um, yeah. Or you should get an angle. But rifles, I don't bother with. But but handguns, if the controls like, and again, you can train to do it. But like like I have a nineteen eleven back behind there. It's it's got an ambi safety on it, but. In general, that's not a good left-handed gun because I can't operate all the controls on that gun without breaking well, my grip or changing my grip. Your ma- um, your mag- it, just because you have an AMB safety, your mag release is not reversible in right. 1911. Yeah. So I'm to the point where I won't buy any personal guns unless they're range toys like that one that aren't completely ambidextrous. And the, the guys in the gun shop or the guys in the comments just like to have a heyday with that. Oh, if you just learn, uh, I can shoot right-handed, but... If I'm spending $500, $600, $700, I'm getting what I want. That's A lot of people give me a hard time. Like My channel's pretty heavy on German guns, and I lean towards HKs and Walters. Well, they're completely ambidextrous. Yeah. My carry gun, well, I, well, I guess we're... Are, are, so we're we're recording this, so is this live? Can I handle yeah, you can, you can, you can you can handle a firearm. Okay, so this is one of my two main carry guns. This is an HK BP-9. Got the paddle release, but it, it is completely ambidextrous. Love the gun. Um, that's I won't for something I'm going to carry every day. Like yeah, I I own well, let's, I own guns. Let's put it that way. But if it's something I'm going to carry on my person, it's going to be something that that I can shoot proficiently left-handed. And there's not too many people on YouTube that focus on that kind of stuff. Yes. Well, Long story, uh, like, kind of a tirade, but yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it. Outside, um, since we're showing guns off, um, my carry is a Sig P three sixty five XL. This is actually configured with a TRL seven sub um, because I was doing a holster video, um, which I actually just finished editing today for. Um, that you won't, the audience won't see for probably another three weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, it, it fits my hand. This is not a left. I mean, even though the mag release is reversible, the slide release is not sure. This is not a good left-handed gun. No, I had one of those and I sold it. I didn't, that's because I, I decided I wasn't going to carry it. Um, but like long guns. Um, so here's just. Just a basic PSA, right? Yep. This is not left-handed. I shoot this all the time, but if you're a left-handed shooter, just for you left-handed shooters, you have an adjustable stock, so you can get the ejection point far enough out in front of your face that it is, unless you're just under, totally under-gassed, it's not hitting you in the forehead every yeah. time you shoot it. So you don't necessarily need left-handed long guns, but again, handguns a little bit different story. 
It, it's funny. I was talking to a left-handed shooter one time. Uh, we were talking about ARs. So uh, here's an AR upper that I, I was working with. So, you know, you have this. A lot of people don't understand what this bump is on an AR. And that's for to change the ejection pattern. So that when the when the shell comes out, it hits it and then tries to get it, that shell going the other direction. Right. Especially for a left-handed shooter because... <laughs> like you're saying, that's coming right at your head. Yeah, um, that's where you don't want. If it's a left-handed shooter, you don't want a side charging upper. Yes. Um, so, and this this shooter was telling me because one of the problems he has with ARs, because um, I was by he was buying a stag from me, uh, you know, so he had a left-handed AR. One of the problems he had was okay, this does its job perfect with getting the ejection pattern out of him. He goes, but one of the problems is, is now he's got a shell crossing his face and he, uh, he, he catches his eye following the shell. Oh, okay. crossing his face. Um, and that's something I never thought about before for a left-handed shooter. Huh, that never even crosses my mind. Uh, for, I, I've never heard of it before. I've never heard of it again. But just for him, when he shoots an AR, he... He purposely has to keep his focus on his sights. Yeah. Because he sees this little shiny thing going off, and then his eyes just want to follow the, the shell. Well, that's right. So I, I learned the hard way not to have the side charging upper because it has no brass deflector. I had a 7.62 by 39 AR pistol. Real fun to shoot, but I had to hold it at this weird angle, like down. Otherwise, the brass would just hit me in the face every time. That's yeah. not a lot of fun. So that there are a few things, but be quite honest, I'm too cheap to invest in left-handed guns because they cost a lot more than right-handed guns. And that's the thing that always drove me nuts about it. Um, like when I bought that Savage Access, that left-handed Savage Access for that that guy, that gun was a hundred dollars more. Sure. I mean, a Savage Access is not an expensive rifle as it is. So you add a hundred dollars to a non-expensive rifle, and it's like. Okay. Um, yep. Stag, you know, stags. Great gun. Expensive to get that left-handed ejection out of an sure. AR. Um, well, most people just deal with it. And me too. Like I, my daughter, she's 13 now, but I've been teaching her to shoot for the last three years. She's not left-handed, so I don't want the problem of having left-handed guns that I can't teach her with. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's you know, I didn't even think about that. Um, but that's, those are things, you know, going back to the YouTube, there's 1,500 people that you resonated with that either like German guns, are left-handed shooters, or are left-handed shooters that like German guns. Yeah. And it's not all German guns. There's there's yeah. there's some inexpensive guns on there. But, yeah, I mean, it just, I lean towards that way. But, yeah, it's just... There's little things you're gonna you're gonna focus on, and just I guess tailor your channel to that. If that makes sense. And that's and and that's one thing I you know I've talked to other um, people starting off, and they're like, well, what if my ID doesn't work? Change it. <laughs> change, change. If it, it doesn't work, you're gonna see it. Nobody's gonna watch your video. Yeah. Make um, something different. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I. I'm on 
the fourth version of how I do content. And, and the funny thing is, is I like, I like how I did content when I first started the channel. I look back at it now and I cringe. Um, yeah. I, I'm on the fourth version. I'm happy with how it turned out now. Three years from now, I might go, man, that was terrible. Um, you will grow. You'll grow with your channel. You will learn things. You're going to you're going to change things around. You're going to experiment. Experiment yep. experimenting, especially when you're small, is highly encouraged. Well, and then back to the equipment part of it, those people out there that do start channels, they may decide, hey, this isn't for me. Yeah. At that point, I'll be glad and, I didn't invest $2,000 in, in equipment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, let's, let's face it, most YouTube channels don't make it, right? Oh, no, there's I mean, thousands and thousands of channels out there. Like, like to me, that mine's always going to be a hobby. I, I, I know that. I, I'm, and, but it's my hobby, so it's fun. I don't, I honestly, I'm to the point, I don't particularly care if people watch. I mean, Okay, I do care if people watch my videos, but it's not, it doesn't make or break my self-esteem. Yeah, if they don't, don't watch the video. It. If I like the video, that's fine. If, if it, but if people watch it, they watch it. If they, if they, I, I like getting that ad revenue because it helps pay for a few things. But sure. in the end, most people's channels just for them. It's an avenue to get their creativity Press out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. I put a lot of work in my channel, but I do it because I, I have fun doing it. I like yeah. doing it during my day job. It's so technical. Um, you know, I mean, literally my job can be binary. Yes or no on or off. Um, there's not a lot of decisions. You know, I, I mean, I make a lot of decisions based on yes, no on off. Sure. Well, when I have a YouTube channel, I get to explore creativity, right? Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not uh, an, a very artsy person, but I have a lot of fun doing creativity. There's not a lot of stuff in, in my career where I can say, I did that because quite frankly, I'm putting technology in that I know in four years is gonna be ripped out and replaced because sure. it's, it's, it's old. Um, Showing someone how to disassemble a Glock is almost timeless. Yeah. Yeah, I got one of my videos. Like, I own the gun that people complain about the most. I own my grandpa's Ruger Mark One. Everybody's like, oh, I can't take those apart. They're such a pain. You got to take them to a gunsmith so they can take them down so you can clean them. I put a quick video showing I can disassemble, reassemble it in thirty in less than sixty seconds. It's not that hard, but it takes. I watched some videos of people trying to show people how to do it, and you couldn't see any of it. So I purposely made a video like so. If you have a Ruger Mark One, Two, or Three, or if you're thinking about buying one, don't avoid this gun because here's how easy it really is to do. Don't believe people that it's a complete pain because they're built basically like other than the mainspring housing, they're built like a mini AR basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then once, but that, and that's the whole thing is that no one has shown that, you know, if, if you can show that that's where people will start to say, okay, this, this is great. Hey, I learned something. You might pick up a, um, you know, a subscriber or a watch or something like that. And trust me, you know, 
we always hear that subscriber counts are vanity figures and it's watch time, blah, blah, and all that stuff. But it's still, when someone hits subscribe, that means something to me still, right? Sure. Um, that means that somebody goes, I, and not that I need my feelings validated, but hey, it validates that, hey, this, re this content resonates. I'm happy that I got to help someone out. Yep. And there's when you first start a channel, like and there's some, there's there's milestones, right? Like everybody wants to get that first thousand subscribers awesome. and everything, but and you're like constantly like every time you pick up your phone, what's my subscriber count? What's what? you're gonna drive yourself nuts doing <laughs> that then, kind of and stuff. Then, like and then it goes down one. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like oh, I hit it oh my god, no. So I, my that's piece of advice there is don't look at that thing every day. Look at your subscriber count once a week yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like uh, what am I? I'm I'm coming up on ten thousand subscribers, but if I look at my analytics, I've had well like uh, eleven five. Okay, but there I've had people unsubscribe. Sure. So I've had eleven five. Um, subscribe, but I'm still trying to get to 10 because, you know, people have unsubscribed, you know, uh, I changed my content. They didn't like it, what, whatever the case is. Right. Sure. So, and that, when I lost my first subscriber, I was like, crap. And I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. You know, I've unsubscribed from people. So, okay. Um, just get over it really quick and move on. Don't let that thing drive you, you know, don't, don't don't let it dry, you know pull you down. It's going to happen. Yeah. And the other thing I can tell you to tell people too is, if it gets to the point where it feels like you're just making a video because you think you have to make a video, it comes across in there. Like if you get to the point where you're kind of burnt out, take a week, take a two, take. If, good way to do it for me is I'll make. Sometimes I'll go out in two days. I'll make six videos. I only release a video when I'm up and running once a week. So then I got six weeks banked up. If I want to take a week off and just go do something else and not film. But if you get to the point where you're, okay, it's Tuesday. I normally release a video. I got to hurry up and film a video and get edited and get it up because it's Tuesday. If it becomes a job, it's not going to be any fun. Your content's going to be subpar. People aren't going to watch it because they can tell it's crappy. And you're not going to have fun do it. Um, yeah. If you get big enough where it's a job where you have to put that content, that's the thing. But if it's a hobby, let it be a hobby. Yeah. Well, and that's the funny. So I told you, that, you know, I used to do Cerakote work. I enjoy doing Cerakote work. I really do. When I was learning how to do Cerakote work as an FFL, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of creativity that came out. Um, I was buying use guns and rehabbing them, then selling them back out on the market and things like that. I had a lot of fun with that. Well, then I'm like, well, okay, well, I can do my customer's guns here. So I have customers bringing in guns and I was doing circuit work. Um, my wife, it drove her nuts. It absolutely drove her nuts because all of a sudden uh, I was like, oh, this is not good enough. And I'd, re I'd sandblast it and recode it again. And I was doing all this, this stuff. I took what I like to do and I made it a job. Mm -hmm. You know, I took a hobby and turned it into a job and it showed up in my work. 
Um, I know, yep. I know, like, you know, when I do uh, videos about certain products, they're good products. I, you know, they're, they're, they're solid products, but they're not products that I'm passionate about. Right. Right. And I can tell during editing, I, you know, I can tell the re inflection in my voice, stuff like that. Still great product. I know. Right. So, or if I just need to do, you know, yeah, I, like I said, the, that video is going to be three weeks. You're not going to see it for three weeks. It's because I, you know, I have a bank of videos. Sure. When I, there's times where I just can't do video work. And then I can tell when I start rushing yeah. um, to, to start build that bank up again. Um, yeah, I, I can, I can tell it in my work. Yeah, like I probably should have made a video today, but I just didn't feel like doing it. So I was just like, well, yeah. well, I can go another week without a video because I'm not going to make a crappy video just to make a video. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, definitely don't take your hobby and turn it into a job. Um, you know, if it, if you're turning it into a job that you enjoy, awesome. But most most, uh, I like to say, there's a difference between a job and a career, right? Um, you know, a job is what you do. A career is what you love. Yep. You know, so if you take it and turn it into a job, it, it's going to be just a job. Well, and with us, like we enjoy shooting. If we, if we make shooting not enjoyable because we think we have to film it, <laughs> then, then you, um, now you just ruined your hobby. Well, you know, off camera, I was telling you, uh, the the ver you know the the version of how I made content. There's one more video that um, of the old format that I haven't released that I've been sitting there debating whether I'm going to redo it. Um, okay. So I used to do everything range side, and then you know, I was telling you the story about the helicopter just was driving me nuts. Oh yeah. It it took my range time and just drove it right into the ground because now I'm like. All right, he's gone. Now I can. I, he's back again. You know, damn it. Now, yeah, I, I got to do this stuff. So it took my range time, just drove it into the dirt. Um, and that's literally that day was I'm done doing uh, range time discussion. I like it because they, I can edit them a lot faster. But, and I can do content a little faster, but I'm like, that wasn't fun. So right. if I'm just shooting range video, which, you know, it's called, you know, for those in the audience, it's called B-roll. It's not the actual video. It's the supporting video. Um, if I'm shooting B-roll, I, I can still have fun, right? Because I'm not working at that point. It's, um, I'm putting an object out there. I'm turning, you know, because I shoot multiple angles. I'm doing a, I, I get the camera set up. Okay, that's in focus. Set the exposure set. Record, record, record pull the thing out and then I just have fun. Right. Yeah. I'm shooting targets. I'm just, I'm just filming my range time at that point. It's not work. Well, and there's sometimes when you're out shooting too, that talking to the camera would be intrusive to the people shooting next to you anyway. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, most of the times I go out by myself, but there's a lot of times when there's other people in the next bay. So then those times, yeah, I'll just film it more, more as a B roll and all those voice over or whatever. But for the most part, I can't help talking to the camera when I'm shooting. Well, that's that's just that's just me. So I'll I'll pull a shot and I'll oh hell you know I mean I, 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 
I say, I say well, hell a lot in my video. They don't necessarily cuss, but the word hell comes out quite a bit. So, um, you know, off of my channel, people wouldn't know, but people who know me, uh, they know that I, I grew up, I grew up just outside of Philly. And let's just say the F word is a staple word in my language. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just that it's just the way it is. Um, in my B-roll, um, you know, I had actually shooting the video for this. I had, <laughs> I had a failure to eject. Yeah. And um, let's just say there's some adult language that was said <laughs> as I'm clearing the jam. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it didn't come out in the video, but, uh, you know, there's there are things that, yeah. Um, because I was so I was so involved in my shooting, and suddenly I had a failure, and I'm just like, I don't want a failure. I'm, you know, I'm in my zen. Um, so yeah, it's. And then you know I say that, and then uh, I'm instantly looking around. Fortunately, you know, this year I've been shooting up in the national forest, so I'm not, you know, actually at a gun range. But there are times where I'm at the gun range, I'll, I'll say something, I'm just like. Oh, I'm glad that I said that, and I have this bay, and it's just me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh. But eh, it, it it happens. Uh, yeah, I, I keep it out of the channel, but yeah, people who know me and hear me behind the scenes, um, I I get a lot of. Were you in the navy? No. <laughs> No, I was not in the Navy, but yes, I, I understand where you're going with that analogy. Sure. So, well, we've been rolling for about an hour and 20 minutes here, and I know it's getting late for you. Um, yeah. Because you're, you're an hour ahead of me, and it's 8.42 well, here. Yeah, yeah, it's quarter till 10 here. i got to get the kiddo to bed pretty soon. So, let's... Uh, I, you know, when people are trying to find you, how do they find you? I mean, I know you have a YouTube channel, Instagram, so tell people how they can get a hold of you. And for everybody uh, watching or listening, I'll have the links down in the show notes. So if you're listening to this in the audio side, uh, don't worry about it. Don't write it down, um, especially if you're driving. You can always just come back and click on the link in the show notes. Uh, as far so me, main, the main way to see my content is YouTube. Um, I don't do a whole lot. Of, I don't have anything on Facebook. Uh, I do have an Instagram account. It's Defense Dad One. Uh, just kind of show off. Awesome picture. My... Awesome picture. Awesome photography oh. work. Thank you. Yeah, I try to show pictures of stuff I got going on currently, and um, that, that's about it. Uh, every once in a while, I'm on some podcasts, that sort of thing. I haven't been doing that as much lately, but yeah, I, I'm around. But basically, basically YouTube, YouTube, and Instagram. That's about it. Cool. And I'll have every everybody. I have the links down below. Now, one thing I like to do to just wrap things up is I like to play a little game with my guest, okay. and it's a speed round. So basically, okay. it's a series of this or that decisions you got to make, and it's okay. going to be about shooting or accessories or things like that. So, for a holster, leather or Kydex, both. Uh, both. I you pretty like much use. I and well, I like hybrids. Um, a lot of stuff I comp compact, but I and I have a relationship with them. But I use a lot of Versicary holsters. But I like their yeah. compound holsters that have Kydex embedded in between the I, leather. 
I like I like the compound. Uh, uh, my compound is actually a buddy of mine has got it. He actually he's had it for a couple of months. <laughs> I might have to get that back from him. Uh, we lend we lend gear back and forth between. I had he had my Chrono for like two years, and then I had his lead sled for like two years, and eventually we went. Yeah, we should probably swap back. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I like the compound. I like that that whole look that VersaCarry has where they, they kind of cut that that leather and it's, you know, their leather is that buffalo hide. Um, mm-hmm. They cut it out and they get that design and then you can see that that Kydex behind you. I, I, I like that too. Well, big thing, I'm a big guy, so I like a leather sweat guard because it doesn't dig into yeah. my... Dunlop's oh, yeah. disease, or my belly Dunlop's over the belt. So, um, so the leather is more comfortable. And then, again, being a big guy, um, if I carry inside the waistband, my belt's cinched up pretty tight, so I like it doesn't collapse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Because um, I have a – it's funny, this year, for some reason, it became holster year on the channel. I don't know how it happened. Because um, I had, like, six holsters to review this year. Three were VersaCarries. And uh, I'm not a big in, uh, you know, I'm a big guy too. I'm not a big inside the waistband holster. I like to tell everybody I don't have the body for inside the waistband holster. But uh, there's a couple of was it the com, uh, was it the compound custom inside the waistband. I like mm-hmm. that because they had that Kydex, you know, shell, yeah, you know, th- to keep it from collapsing. But then it had that padding on the back side. Yeah, those are. I'm I'm testing one from them. That again, being a left-hander, those new ones aren't offered in left-handed configurations um, so, yet. Yeah, but yeah. I'm testing one. And th- honestly, the way I carry the most, though, and people, I'm going to give you a lot of crap for this, but um, I do carry with inside the single clip leather holsters that if I do draw, they do collapse. However, that's because where I work, I can't carry. A lot of places I go, I can't carry, so I'm constantly holster, you know, arming and disarming. So yeah. I just like a single clip holster, so I can stow it and put it put it on e- easily. Yeah. So, all right. Next question. Okay. Nine millimeter or forty five? Uh, nine millimeter for carry. Uh, yeah. Just okay. I'm nine, nine millimeter. And for um, for a handgun, striker fired or hammer fired? Striker. For hearing protection, electronic or passive? Electronic. Like to be able to hear the range can- command. Like to be able to communicate with my daughter. Yep. So. Yeah, that's. The, uh, a few years ago, I started working with the electronics, and it was so nice being at the range and talking to my wife and not like yelling or having to take hearing protection in and out, or we just have a conversation. And then, um, yeah, you can hear everything going on around you. So, yep, you know, if if you can hear if somebody's having a problem in another bay, um, yeah, you just it helps your whole situational awareness. Yeah, a lot of times I'm at the range with my daughter, and I'm concentrating on her so having that electronic being able to talk to her and hear what she's saying it's just i just there's no way to go back to passive yeah and then for the final question you're standing in front of a bench 
is a workbench. And it's the biggest workbench that you've ever seen. And on it is one of every gun that has ever existed. And you're allowed to choose one gun to keep. What gun is it? Some sort of lever action. Most likely 357. Um, I, as much tactical guns, like that kind of guns I have, I don't know what my, my joy is what's considered FUD guns. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I, so my first shotgun was an 870 Wingmaster. And my first rifle was a uh, Winchester Model 94. And I absolutely love, I, I there's, the 94 doesn't make it out that often, but when it does, I just, I, there's just something about a lever gun, right? I mean, just yeah. the whole, this, the, I mean, we talk about the essence of shooting, you know, being in your Zen, the whole sound of the whole action, um, yep. you know, the, the sounds it makes the, the action you do to, to do it, you know, to, to chamber the next round, there's just something about it that is just, well, it, it's just I, classic. How I got hooked on them is I went to an event and I'd never shot a lever gun in my life. But there was one, it's this fundraiser event they do for the Shriners every year. And there's like 20 stations, right? So I got there and one of the station I got to, I never shot a lever gun, but they gave me a 357 lever action, top eject, buckhorn sights, Texas star. And it was like it was a cheat code. You couldn't miss with that with that thing. And yeah. I just, I got hooked on lever because I just love them. My my favorite rifle out of the AR is all the stuff I own is my thirty thirty lever action. Uh, it's, yeah. So yeah, just they're fun. Yeah, it's funny you talk about the cheat code. Um, uh, I learned the first the first gun I ever shot was a Smith and Wesson Model Forty One, twenty you know, twenty two caliber, um, awesome gun. And it's one of the, you know, it, it was in, uh, actually, I think it was the serial, I think the serial was like 1980 was the okay. serial. Um, it's the gun that I literally shot first. And um, making a long story short, uh, I brought that gun back to Montana um, from my mom's house. And we took it, we took that thing out to the range. My wife had never shot it before. She'd never even seen it before. Um, so I'm shooting, we're shooting plates and then she pulls that, you know, I go here, you know, you're, you want to shoot? She's like, Oh yeah. You know, and she, she runs a plate rack with it and then she just, she, she stops shooting. She's laughing. I'm like, what's funny. She goes, this is the gun that I, I swear the target can be here and I can be aiming over there. And somehow that bullet makes it onto this target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes, I didn't even like aim at half the targets and they just went down. You know, I, I'm just running through the rack, just squeezing the trigger. Yeah, the plate that I thought just, it's like I thought, and then somehow that gun made that plate fall. So yeah, you get those, you get those guns that just run like that. It's so much fun. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, so many people hate them, but me, me and Buckhorn sites, we just, we get along very well. Well, it's like, I, I like to say, um, you know, when I was in FFL, and I even, I, I say this to everybody that's a new gun owner, you need to let the gun choose you. You know, you might go into a gun store and say, I want such and such and such and such. 
But until you handle it, you get your hands on it, you 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 use it, the gun kind of chooses you, not you you the gun. Sure. Right? You know, whatever feels right in your hands, whatever feels right when you bring it to your shoulder, whatever feels right when you squeeze a trigger, that's your gun. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Because if you if it does not fun to shoot, if it doesn't feel good in your hands, no matter how much training, if it's not fun to shoot, you're not going to shoot it. You're not going to train with it. Absolutely. And someone someone with, tried to sell me real hard a Beretta ninety two so, or several times. Right. I have giant palms and short stubby fingers. I can't reach the side release on that thing with my thumb without breaking my grip. So as much as I like it, I'm not buying one of those unless it's a range. Yeah. Grip. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough. Um, I mean, it's like uh, I for forever I I didn't like 1911s, um, mostly because I don't like. So yeah, the first nine millimeter I shot was a Smith and Wesson model 59, which is 1911 ish. Okay, um, I on that gun I hated the slide release because I I learned that you use your thumb to release the slide. You know, mm -hmm. modern, everybody's, you know, uh, slingshot. I learned to use the slide release. Sure. Or slide, slide catch is technically, it is technically the correct term. Um, and I, it didn't work. When I turned 21, I bought a Glock. Um, it, my thumb hit it, you know, the right and all that stuff. Um, so in 1911s, it was the same thing as that Model 59. My thumb couldn't do it. I always had to hit it with my support thumb, and I didn't like that. Yeah. All the way up to the point that I found extended slide releases. Yep. And then once I did that, um, gosh, I had my 1911 out here earlier. It's not even out here now. Um, once I did that, and there's 1911. I, I, I learned 1911, so I understand that. Is when things just, when you, when they don't fit your hand, the controls aren't where you're expecting them. It's not a lot of fun. Yep. So, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate you taking some time out. I mean, I know you had a busy schedule, and I, I really do appreciate you squeezing me in. Yeah, not a problem. It was a lot of fun. Now, Shane's a really easy guy to get along with. I had so much fun talking to him. We talked for a while before recording. We talked a little while after. I mean, that's typical for the podcast. The guests and I, we just kind of hit it off and just have a good time. And Shane was definitely one of the guys that fit right in. And um, I, I honestly, I'm jealous of Shane. I love his channel. But I'm jealous of his thumbnails. He's so good at creating thumbnails that I, I, I just wish I could get him to do my thumbnails. But definitely go check out Shane's channel. Now, he has a video that's, let's just say sobering. And it is the most dangerous place where he lives. Now, I'm not going to spoil it. But definitely go check out that video because he brings up some pretty interesting points. I'll have the link to his channel and social medias down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. I look forward to talking to you again soon.